so I telling you about how my iMac died and I had that thing maxed out with Ram 34 uh, gigabytes of Ram and everything. I loved it. 27 inch screen and I couldn't save it. They said that the hard drive was going. So I'm like, I'm going to micro center. I'm buying a new state of the art hard drive. I'll replace it. I'll see a performance boost from that. Anyways, I think I killed the motherboard in the process. So then yesterday morning, I had to plan what my entire new system would be for the next six or seven years. So I got the M2 Studio and uh, it's called M2 because it's Apple's new silicone M2 chips, which are wow. So I did a huge performance upgrade in the process. Got a, and Mac stopped really updating uh, their iMac system. And uh, it's really the smart move in the end to separate your monitor from your hard drive and its components so that you can yeah. replace one or the other instead of yeah. everything at once. So yeah. it's good in that regard. It's just a lot of piecing things together. Gotcha. Okay. So anyways, um, welcome to over 50 starting over. Wait, I am with wait a Mark. Tennant. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> even. That's all right. Let's uh, get through your intro and because, okay. If you, if you didn't catch our show from about eight months ago, roughly, uh, with Mark, we did the intro to change. Wait a minute. Are you, are you, I'm sorry. Are we recording? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know when you're, when we're working or when we're not working. I'm sorry. That's, start all that's over. That's the please. charm of it. I'm okay. not starting over. Um, <laughs> this is over 50 starting over, and we are already starting over. So, uh with Mark Tennant, we're talking about AI, how it affects businesses, how businesses can use it at a real power level. I've been looking forward to this um, since last week when we were discussing it, because it's really next level. When Mark came on last time, like I said, about eight months ago, 10 months ago, whatever, uh, you you showed us chat GPT, how to use it in a really common sense way. Because other than uh, prior to that, all of us are just used to Google. You type in one prompt, one command, you come up, and now you got to go through all kinds of crap, make a lot of decisions on how you want to pursue what you're pursuing. With chat, you have an ongoing conversation that you massage and and tweak. I've been using it for blog posts all the time. I'll be honest with you, uh, the people that just ask it a question, have it spit out an article, copy and paste it into their blogs, are doing themselves a disservice. I have found that Google is very very hesitant about indexing those. I'm gonna sneeze. And uh, so what I do with that, I'd say it caught it, it cut down my average blog writing time from about two and a half hours to about an hour, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I say it still takes me an hour is because I refine and refine and refine because yeah. the it gives you just a high level overview of anything that you ask it to begin with, then you start trying to personalize it a bit, try to get some specifics out of it, try to, and read the thing for yourself and add some nuance to it, for God's sakes. And if you can apply it to your business and your industry or personal uh, experience, all the better. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so Mark, you had a good intro that I read last week, and it was about how you specialize in bringing AI to businesses, and and it talked about your e-learning role um, currently. Could you just uh, flesh that out a little bit for us, please? Sure. Yep. Uh, I'm Mark Tennant. Hey, everybody. Uh, good to be with you again. 
it's always good to be with my buddy Barry. Um, so I'm uh, by day an e-learning developer for Philips, the medical manufacturing device company out of the Netherlands. Um, I actually create learning materials online, uh, video, audio, also use 360 degree images, 3D models. And essentially what we do is we create training material for our service, our field service engineers around the world to fix our equipment. So and I was in IT long before that. So everything's kind of like dove, dovetailed into everything. And in November of 2022, when ChatGPT was released during the last week of November, all of this culminated to where we're at now. And the first time I saw it was just amazing. I had like a two or three day um, advanced uh, access to it before it was actually released through a, a friend of mine in the DC area. And, you know, I was talking about it I, and it was, it seemed like a constant three days. I was here at this computer in front of it, just experimenting with it. It's and so we've come a long way. <laughs> and we've come a long way. You think like so. an engineer, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, but, but really that's kind of where we're at. Um, and, you know, I, I found over these last, however many months it's been, um, 18 months or so, or whatever it's been that, um, you know, the best thing to do is to just start just start, start learning it. And as we go through our little talk today, I've got a lot to talk about, um, a lot of relevant things. Barry had a good point uh, at the very beginning when he was talking about using it for blog writing. However, it's pretty much been proven that the, at least the Google side of things, um, it really can't tell AI from anything else. It's really not that smart. But that said, you do not need to take something and copy and paste it because two things. One, the personal um, the personal effect is not there. It's not your writing. It's not your right. style. Um, you can maybe teach the AI to do that. But the second thing is, especially if it's maybe fact-based or some things that you want to get out there that are checkable, <laughs> it can hallucinate sometimes. And when I say hallucinate, yeah. it means it just makes up stuff when it really doesn't know what to say. But it really sounds good and it really reads good. So Sounds like me on this the podcast. <laughs> taking the human element out of it is something we just don't want to do. So um, we'll talk about that as as we go through the presentation. And um, if you want me to start, I will. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, very much looking forward to this. Okay. Let me get my glasses on here real quick. It. Do you see it? Hey, cool. Yeah. Love it. Is it full? Is it full screen for everybody? It's full screen. Yep. Okay, great. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, we are, we, we talk about this stuff in business as well, but it really, your personal life and what it can do for your personal life from finances to just vacation planning to just everyday tasks. For example, um, last summer, late last summer, uh, the dryer um, quit spinning. And, you know, I took a look at it and looked around and thought it'd be about 400 bucks for somebody to come out just to kind of even look at it and fix it four to $500. So what I did was I took a picture of the dryer, um, fed it into ChatGPT. ChatGPT knew what the um, it knew what the model was. It and I described the problem. It told me what the problem was. What had happened was around the drum, the belt had come loose or had broken. Wow. And then it also told me step by step how to fix it. So I ordered the parts. They came in a day or so. And I step by step went into the chat GBT and and it it worked perfectly. Long story short, it took about an hour and a half. 
had to have some help. That's great. Um, but it was it it works and it still works great. And mm-hmm. so the part was I don't know less than twenty dollars for everything. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so I got to save myself some money. So this stuff not only works in a business sense, but in your personal life as well. And I actually have two examples of that that we'll go through. Um, here this I have morning. a couple too, but I will say that's funny that you brought up that example because I have a dryer problem right at this moment. And <laughs> it is the uh, lack of connection, like a short on this, on the switch to turn it on that you, it turns and turns and turns. Right. And every hardware guy that I have talked to over the years says, do not buy a new one. If you can just change out a part on an old one, for God's sakes, do it because they're, they're made so crappy today. And so I'm going to try this. I can't imagine how chat deci- deciphered the entire model from a picture, though. Well, it, it just it just knows. I mean, all these years and all of this data, it's fed. I mean, it's not only text, images, videos, but there's also graphs, charts, you know, owner's manuals, things like that. Wow. It uh, it the the amount of data that it's been fed is is just unbelievable. So we'll talk about that as well. The one thing, Barry, that I wanted to do and. I'm hoping that uh, folks can hear the audio. Nice. Oh, um, most people are listening, and I have to say this intro is all about preparing for me, all the different things that you can do with chat, all the ways that- This is the Office 365 Copilot. We'll talk about this. Oh, okay. Okay, good. So Copilot is just based on a chat module, right? Okay. Wow. This is a nice video. I have to say, if you're listening, you might want to go to YouTube and check this out. I've done some sales emails with chat. So, you know, we talk about ChatGPT and we talk about um, other large language models that we're going to talk about here as we we go through the presentation. But I wanted everybody to kind of think this stuff is already now baked into the everyday things that you use. I know that a lot of people use Office 365. Copilot is now available, not just at the corporate level, but on an individual level. I think a license is probably about the same as ChatGPT, $25 to $35 a month, $25 to $30 a month, I should say. And then of course they have enterprise enterprise versions as well. But Copilot, which is the AI end of it, and they... The people that make ChatGPT is OpenAI. So Microsoft and OpenAI have entered into an agreement. So a lot of what you see essentially is GPT from OpenAI. But they've incorporated into their office suite. So not only is it in Word, and it works really good in Word, PowerPoint, Excel, the data is quite not there yet, but the the model is still learning. But the point is all of these tools that are used daily, 
Um, the AI is already baked in. Now, if you're a Google shop, use the uh, Google Business Suite. Their co-pilot is called Duet. Same idea. Good writer. Um, it does pretty well with presentations. Again, on the data side with Sheets, mm, it's learning as well. But we're getting there. Um, so is I just sheets, wanted to... That's like Excel, right? Is yes, sheets yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah. Okay. Google, Excel. Mm -hmm. okay. So we're getting there. Um, but I just wanted to put like in everybody's mind that, hey, this stuff is out there, stuff I already use on a daily basis. Now, and let again, me ask you something here, Mark, um, because this has just taken the world by storm so quickly. What What is the difference between just having a, a chat, for, a, a GPT 4.0 subscription, using that for everything versus using, um, say, Microsoft's version? of their uh, LLM, large language model? So what they've done is, um, you, because they essentially take a foundational model, which we you, you've mentioned GTP4 and there's GPT4 Turbo, it doesn't matter. They take the a foundation model and they train it on its data. So Microsoft's training it on its own data. Everything that it's learned about its office products for the last 20 years or whatever it's been, user data, how people use it, all of that has figured into their large language model that created Copilot. Um, that was is just what we saw. So the difference is it's special Copilot and GPT-4. Copilot is trained on Microsoft's data, exclusively their data, plus the foundational work that obviously that that the large language model offers. And when I say foundational, then the normal things you would say, it's like, I guess it's kind of a basic version of ChatGPT, if you will. But then with their own data and being able to incorporate all of their stuff into it, um, they've come up with this product. Same thing with Google. Um, and, you know, Google has a search engine itself, as we all know, but there's a portion or a large language model attached to that called BARD, which we'll talk about as well. So really the only difference is between most of these models is it's trained on that particular company's data as opposed to just a chat GPT out of the box or something you pay $20 a month for. Okay, very good. Um, at what point, uh, at what entry point should businesses, small businesses be looking at these things? Like, okay, here's what I'm trying to say like uh, an office manager versus uh, uh, a CEO uh, and everything in between. Who, who implements it and who is heading up uh, bringing AI into a small business? Look, I kind of going to go with that in a little bit further oh, as okay. we go, but essentially, but essentially, and that's kind of like one of the, how to get started things. Yeah. And yeah. we, we kind of touched upon it as far as saying, just start using this stuff, find out what you can use, find out right now in your basic tech stack, if you're using Office or or Google, or you know if you're using a CRM, if you're using Salesforce, HubSpot, anything like that. Most of this stuff is probably built already into the tech that you use. Um, I had a video here for AI Companion for Zoom, which you just actually turned on. Ooh. I won't play the video, but this, this is amazing. Um, this, the... Ability for it to summarize, and you'll see when we're done, the ability for it to summarize, the ability for it to assign tasks, the ability for it to bring somebody up to speed if they come in the middle of a meeting, it's 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 wow. unreal. And of all the P, all the products that I've seen with the AI baked in, as of right now, between 365 Office and this, I think these are the two 
best that I have seen. I'm not saying they're the only ones, but the two best that I've seen, their capabilities. Um, so to Let your question ask- about where to start, I, it would, you know, it's 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 obviously going to have to come from, depending on the size of the business, but obviously some kind of senior management. Um, and if the senior management folks aren't really, don't really know too much about it, maybe yeah, somebody else in the organization does. But a lot of times when they task. finally, pardon? They're going to assign that task to someone else. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, but yeah, we'll get to and, it. And, Go ahead. And usually it's, it's, it's usually a lot of times the IT person first, but we'll get to that here in just, in, in just a little Can bit. Can I ask you something here? Sorry. Well, you're playing the Zoom AI companion video. And I wanted to ask you, maybe it's going to get answered here with this podcast right now that we're recording on Zoom. Uh, I got to tell you, a very draining and time-consuming part of doing podcasts is trying to figure out what to put in the summary and then put, you know, titles are very important. I have a hard time with that because we cover a lot of ground, a lot of different ground during a typical podcast. So I have a very hard time uh, with those titles. I use chat on occasion to help out with that. It's still very difficult. But my question is, like at the, from what you said a minute ago, can I, when we are done with this, click something in AI companion that says, Hey, give me a paragraph summary and a five different title possibilities for this podcast. Is that possible? Well, essentially what it will do is it will, it's going to create a summary of the entire meeting. And it takes about five to 10 minutes, depending on how long it is. If it's an hour, I found it takes about maybe upwards of, it's closer to 10 minutes than five minutes. But when it does, everything is structured in a summarization. Um, and it, let's just say if it was a business meeting and you know Barry had to do this task and Mark had to do this task, it actually recognizes those things. So to answer your question, you, it doesn't have a chat feature in, built in where you could actually say, hey, how does this you know, make this better? Mm. What I would do is copy all of that and then use chat GPT or any other large oh. language model or uh, you know, chat um, tool, and mm. it will help you do that. Okay. So um, I would imagine something probably will be baked into AI Companion that will allow you to do that because mm-hmm. I'm thinking a lot of people ask the same question you just did. Why can't I just ask you to do it and right. format it the way I want it as opposed to going off to something else? So I would imagine, you know, we're in such early days and all of this, things yeah. like that will probably happen. Let um, me ask you this one. Yeah, it will help you um, when you're putting the, your show notes together and, and the notes for the podcast cool. before you publish it. It definitely will. Well, I'm sure this is probably coming, but it would be really nice is if it would transcribe this automatically and add captions. That would be super nice. Well, I think there is a, I think I already was a a trans, uh, um, a transcribing ability for it. Although I don't know, there's probably better people out there that um, are are better versed on Zoom than I am. Where we work, we use Microsoft Teams more than anything else. Comparable, but not the exact same product. But Mm -hmm. I would have to think that ability is there. Um, but if not, you could always take the audio from this and, you know, ChatGPT could do something like this if you upload it or some other tool can do it. So you might not have to be able to do it on the Zoom platform as it is right now, mm. but there's other tools out there that will help you transcribe this, Barry. I so, know there's been third-party tools for years that yeah. uh, have done this. Uh, what are we looking at here? Google, how do you say that? Uh, it's Lumiere. 
Lumiere. And this was just released last week, and I've got to show wow. it to you because it is it is really set. Well, right. it dropped last week, but it hasn't been released to the public and yet. It says text um, to video, and I'm going to say again, I know most of you listening. I'll, I guess I'll try to summarize a little bit, but I would really encourage you to go to YouTube for this one. Well, it, it's not very long, but I think people will get the idea once I play this okay. really quick. Cool. Okay, we're looking at a turtle in the water. High quality video generation. Text to video. All of this is generated through text. You just type it in prompts and it's coming up with photorealistic video. This is one thing. Got Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night animated. Right. That's cool. Man. And it's also really mind blowing. Dancing teddy bear, chimpanzee <laughs> drinking coffee. The video actually is a little bit longer than what you'll see on, on YouTube, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's it's one of those things. It it is it is something. Is it free? I, uh, well, it's not out yet. Um, oh. I would imagine it'll probably be part of some package that Google comes out with. What they've been doing with a lot of things is they'll release beta versions. And if you're a Google, uh, so if you have a Google account, even if you have a Google free mail account or just a regular you know Gmail free, a lot of these things Google Labs offer you for free on a personal level. And essentially, you're the beta tester. Mm. So. While I'm saying that I don't I don't know for a fact it's going to be free, but I would say they're going to put it out there to some folks and a lot of you and I's will be able to go in and um, play with it a little bit and really tweak it so they know what's good, what's bad. And that's kind of what a lot of these companies are doing. For example, ChatGPT, I mean, everybody is learning, is teaching. And Sam Altman, who is the CEO of OpenAI, has said, Coming and going, everybody yeah. out here is teaching them. So it's a big, giant learning process for everybody. Okay, uh, here's a very important question for somebody in a field like my own. What, what do you suppose the copyright uh, panel, and I don't want to say penalties, rights, what are the copyright rights going to be like when we're all using computer-generated stock photography and stock video. Forget about it. Out the door. I feel really like I like I didn't feel bad enough for photographers 20 years ago as digital started taking over their realm. Uh, now it's at a whole nother level. I I wonder what you know. Copywriting rights are gonna. Uh, hit the uh, courts at some point. There's going to be clashes about who owns the rights to these computer-generated things. Be if, I know that uh, Adobe's version, they claim, what's it, Adobe's, what is it Firefly. called? Firefly. Firefly, yeah. They claim that they, they generate their AI from all of their own copyrighted imagery. So there's That's never right. going to be a problem with rights to that. Everything else looks like a free-for-all. I was um, installing new software last night, and Adobe's asking me if it could access my hard drive, my files, for this purpose, to take information from their AI. They would steal parts of my image um, if I let them. Well, you, you're a subscriber to the Creative Cloud, and you're an Adobe mm -hmm. customer, so I would imagine there's probably somewhere in that long terms uh -huh. of service that says... But I think you can opt out of that, to be honest yes, with you. I did opt out of it. That's kind of my point. So yeah. 
I think that as far as copyrights and stuff like that goes, I, I think we're going to see some things in the court courts that they're going to have to straighten some things out, come up with some laws and figure it out. Well, I, I, I can tell you this, that they've are the um, Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court has already ruled that anything that's generated through AI, you cannot copyright songs, videos, photographs. You can't do it. Uh, writings, wow. books. You can write a book. You can publish a book. But you can't copyright that book if it was if AI was used to generate. Now there's probably a certain portion of that, um, so that is already out there. Um, number two, um, there is a lawsuit actually now that Getty Images has brought against OpenAI, and that was uh, I'm sorry with Midjourney, uh, which is an image a text to image generator. We'll it's a we're going to show you that it, we're going to show you that here in just a little bit. But what they've done and the reason they thought that some of their stuff was maybe used to train the mid-journey model was the Getty image um, watermark was seen floating in like the sky or something of some pictures that were produced with mid-journey. So, you know, that's a pretty much, I don't want to say a slam dunk, but I'm sure the attorneys go, it just didn't make this up without actually being trained on these things. Hmm. So that's, you know, to to the copyright thing. Yeah, that's it. Now, as far as and, and, you know, if anybody's wrote a book, it's probably the, the model has probably been trained on it. Um, mm-hmm. It's most likely the model has been trained on it. So uh, for but for the courts to decide that that's really going to be something not a lawyer, obviously. But um, I think my thought is what we're going to have. You know, I, I think it's going to be kind of a blanket. OK, we're going to give you. If you want, you know, $100 million, we'll give you a million, two, three million kind of a thing. I think that's how all of this might have to play out because there's just no way to prove this because of, and I don't want to be too techy and, and nerdy on this, but there's really, unless you see an image like Midjourney with your branding on it, right? it's hard to going to be able to prove something like that. Yes, it's going to go through the courts. Yes, there's a lot to be seen between now and whenever, but... Um, I, I just think that they're going to have, they'll come to an impasse at some point, And I would imagine some kind of negotiations or whatever will take place. And then of course, guardrails put in for the future of, you know, what they can, what they can and what they can't do these, these companies that create these large language models. Okay. Okay. So let's just, I, I wanted to, I wanted to give the warning before, uh, mm. you know, we actually went any further because Parts of this presentation may become obsolete before it's even all over and before the end of this podcast, depending upon when you're going to watch it, just because everything is coming so fast. Um, And uh, so depending upon when you watch this, some of these things that you'll see between here and the end of the presentation or the podcast will, you know, might, might, might be better, you know, uh, upgraded, might be go away, replaced with something else. So, so just know that. So we talk about generative AI, Barry, and I guess, when we say generative AI, that's what really people just say AI now. But essentially, there are different parts of it. And the generative AI part is the part where it's generating something that doesn't exist, never existed off of a text prompt or a voice prompt. Essentially, that's really what it is. Um, yeah, I had I a friend of mine. I want to stop you just for a minute. I want to clarify something because I found that very interesting. Uh, if, if anybody's been listening uh, to news about AI a little bit, you've heard the term. AGI, uh, or is it AG? Is it AGI? General, general artificial intelligence. 
or did a general is in there. And that what that speaks to is when AI starts putting things together, that it, it actually seems like it's thinking, it's deducing. And well, uh, it, not only that, what it'll do is so what it does now is one thing when it generates something you're told, but where you're going with that is it will be able to say, so if you say, hey, and we're actually going to do something with the trip here in just a little bit, I'm going to do a demonstration on that. But if you say, hey, I want to go to Paris mm -hmm. and I want to see X, Y, Z, it will not only plan you an itinerary, it will book your tickets, it will pay for them, hotel, the same thing, rental right. car. So it will do everything that you would normally do the human would do, but it will do it on your behalf when that finally gets rolled out. And we're not even, I don't think, really close there just mm. yet. But things are happening so fast. Maybe by this time next year, they could be much, much closer than they are right now. I that. would certainly think so. And to that point, I planned a trip. Lisa and I took a few months back, a trip to Asheville, and it was a recon trip. We're looking uh, for the second time for possible places, retirement communities. So mm -hmm. I did a, a bunch of research. I did it all uh, on chat. And because it has access to all these real estate records and stuff, it, it knows what real estates, uh, uh, real estate agents are, are recommending. It knows the price per acre, uh, all those kinds of things. And so I, uh, using chat, I whittle, whittled it down to five areas in the 25 mile radius of downtown Asheville. And then I asked it, uh, I, I had it give us an itinerary for a four day trip, it laid it all out. And then uh, I asked it to uh, give me the top 10 places to hit in each one of these places. And there was our whole trip planned. And, and it even yep. gave us a lot of wiggle room. Like we didn't feel rushed or anything. We added things into our day. It was awesome. And it yeah. took me, and it, you know, a couple hours. It's a nice planner. Um, and, you know, again, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's suggesting things that it knows. And, and then, like I said, it just helps a lot because when you go into some place, maybe you've never been before, you know, anymore. And these things are taking over these types of jobs for people, Barry, because when you yeah. go to Google to do this, you've got ads for this ads for that. The first 10 results are all sponsored ads might have nothing to do at all with what you're, um, you know, with what you're looking for. And then you go to these websites and you've got pop-ups here and buy this here. And it's just a lot of noise and interruption where this will take it all over for you right now. And you right. won't have all that noise and it's accustomed to what you're asking for. So, um, it's a great, it's, it's great for that. And I actually have an example of that coming up here in just a little bit as well. That's cool. But you could think of this generative AI as software created by machines at the directions of human. My buddy Chris Penn had had said that mm. um, some months ago. And it's true. It, everything it's created is really software, but it's just created by the machine at the human direction. Okay. So we, you know, we all know we've talked about it, what it is, but essentially, as we said, how does it do this? Well, it, you know, it identifies these patterns and structures and, and everything in it, and it just continues to learn. And uh, essentially what happens is, and I'll give you a really quick example of how it all started out. When they started with these large language models and trying to teach them to predict different things, they started with dogs and cats. So what they did is they took a, you know, hundreds and hundreds of images of cats, labeled them, this is a cat essentially, and they fed them to the model. Uh, they did the same thing with dogs. Then they took um, a bunch of data that was unlabeled and they didn't tell it what it was. And slowly but surely, they started introducing the unlabeled data to the model and then asking the model to guess what it was. And 
um, it after a while it got like really super good over 95 96 percent it got right and now it'll probably you know it'd be a hundred percent but that's kind of how all of this started and that's how all these models just put everything together and continue to learn off the the the, the, the more data that they're fed mm -hmm. and the more labeled data and um, and correct data mm -hmm. so as in the term of it and you've heard this before garbage in garbage out right. it's really you know, if you put garbage into it, you're going to get garbage out of it. So that's why it's a it's a tedious process. And there's a lot of human involvement with something like this. I was involved with a an AI product manager course I took last fall from the Udemy Academy, and they actually had us look, and they actually have jobs. You could actually go out and get a job doing this, where you tell, you look at images, you look at videos, and you tell them what it is. And the model continues to learn and continues to learn. So there's a big human process with it to direct these models exactly what it's looking at and whatever the goal is for that particular product or, uh, or project. In my case, it was x-rays. We had to analyze uh, children's lung x-rays that had pneumonia, clearly had pneumonia, uh, clearly did not have pneumonia, and then somewhere in between. So mm. it's kind of all how, how all of this works. And oh, really, that's amazing we, for the medical industry. Speed and it's been up. doing this for a long time. I mean, uh, radiology was probably one of the first involved with this machine learning. And I know when I was at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, um, 10 years ago, there's some researchers that were doing it there. And now it's gotten even better. So yeah, the, the more of these models continue to learn. But what people really don't know, and a lot of times people ask, hey, what does it do when you ask it a prompt, chat GPT? It probably just goes out to the internet and grabs an answer and brings it back. Well, no. <laughs> um, with ChatGPT in particular, the last time it traversed the internet was April of last year. Before that, it was September of 2021. Mm -hmm. So if you were to ask it who won the Kansas City Chiefs Baltimore Ravens game last Sunday, it probably wouldn't know it unless it got it from another mm -hmm. data source somewhere, not on the internet. Um, so what it does is it just takes all of this data. And when you ask it something, really essentially what the AI is doing, it's guessing the next word but with terrific accuracy because you see how fast the words come up on yeah. any chat platform once it gives you your answer. So, and all of this is surrounded by a skill that few people have right now, which is the prompt and en engineering and properly yeah. learning how to write prompts to get the right information out of these models that, that you want. Now there's something to be said for coaxing it along too, because I, I'm thinking about last week, you and I were talking and you said using chat, I believe for, chat gpt4 you you told it to create a picture of something it said i'm sorry i don't create pictures and you're like yeah yeah you do <laughs> you created a picture for me last week and it said something like oh i'm sorry here you go here's your picture right exactly and it happened with again yesterday with something else well i i don't want to say it forgets but i guess <laughs> it does forget because, you know, this is maybe, and this is, we went we back to the hallucinating thing, where if it just doesn't know something, it'll just write something. In this case, it actually just came out and said, hey, I don't even know what you're talking about. And until you jogged its memory, if you will, gave it a little, wow. you know, bump. Yeah. And then it said, oh, yeah, heck yeah, I do do that. That's right. Here is the image that you wanted. <laughs> so, wow. um, and then even with data, um, I know, oh, so just yesterday, it said to me that it has it hadn't traversed the internet since 2023 and it and and I was looking for information on some software I use at work and it it finally just said it couldn't do it for whatever reason and, and oh I know what it said I haven't traversed the internet since November of 2021 so I I don't know that and I had to come back and tell it no no 
it's been since April of last year since you traversed the internet wow. and and gathered data. And it went, oh, you're exactly right. And then wow. it gave me the answer I wanted. So you 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 always, you know, you're chatting with it, you're talking to it, and you're telling it what's right and what's wrong. And and this thing is learning off of every single interaction anybody has with it. I think of an important takeaway that we can get from that is that uh like I said about just uh, putting in a prompt to uh, get a blog article and copying and pasting it. You have more responsibility in this interaction than thinking that chat's going to do everything for you. Uh, it, it's wrong sometimes, and it can do a lot better other times. So being a, a skilled prompt engineer, I think right now today is pretty important. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't, is it going to be a job? Who knows? Maybe it's just a skill set of, of a particular job. Um, I would say if you go into a business and it can even be a small business with, you know, 50 to 100 people. But, you know, you have HR, you have sales, you have um, customer support, you have accounts receivable, accounts payable. You know, in all of these different areas, you're going to need somebody in those areas to be able to get this data, use the data and obviously to speed up processes and just, you know, transform your business. But in the process of doing that, you're right. They're going to have to assign somebody to be the expert in that particular thing. And this is where we're at because of the educational side. Excuse me. Sorry oh, sure. This. Well, my point to that is someone, and uh, you're saying it too, but let's say it directly. Someone needs to take responsibility for what is coming out of, uh, out of your AI and that you're using for business. Someone has to take responsibility for it. Yeah, there's got to be that point person. And yeah. uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit too when the okay. first steps, and I've got a slide on that, but um, we could just kind of blow through this. We know yeah, let's do it. generate sales and, pardon? Oh, I said, let's do it. Okay. So we know it can generate sales and marketing copy. We talked about that. The summarization is just awesome. Um, data entry and analysis, it's getting there and it's doing pretty good with that, especially the, the, you know, create a pivot table on this data, those types of things it can do. It's the advanced analysis that it's having a hard time with, but again, we're getting there. One of the things that I found was really something is when, I don't even know what they call it now, but they used to call it a code generator, but I think they've got a different name for it now. Uh, and I'm talking about chat GPT. If you asked it to write the code for, a website tool that you wanted. And I did that. I wanted a um, AI return on investment calculator. And I told the um, AI chat GPT what I wanted. It wrote the code. My and God. then I had it design what it looked like. So it looked good on my website. And it wrote all the code for me. I did a couple bug checking things, a couple bugs were in it. It caught the bugs in the code, corrected wow. the code. And then there was a couple of things I wanted it to do. For example, if, and the calculator is based all on numbers. If you put a dollar sign in or anything but a number, it would throw an error saying, hey, that's not a number. I put in a check. I had it put in a check. So it, if somebody just put in anything other than the number and it would ignore it, it's just, you know, it would not throw that error anymore. Mm -hmm. So it'll do what you want. But that was the thing with the coding is just, it's it's something. Now there's software developer, developers or people said, hey, there goes their jobs too. You're still going to need people to write this code, a lot of it, and people to check it, and people right. to test it, and people to debug it. So all of this is not, yeah, you, you, you've got to. You just can't depend on the AI. It's, we're just not there yet. And I don't think we ever should be there because I don't think be, taking the creative and human element out of things just, just is not the way. 
Um, so you I'm know, there's that fine line, that. and I guess as we, we we head further, we'll figure that out. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because I, as of about a year ago, I, I thought my job was always safe as long as I leaned into the creative aspect of it. But I am seeing AI do so much creative stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I do wonder if I'm going to be able to continue uh, in my career as we know it in some respect a couple of years from now. Well, somebody's going to have to go to an expert because even that we've had, look at all the tools that have come out. Look at all you know, the Photoshops and the Premiere Pros and um, WordPress and everything that you've used, Barry, for these last you know 20 some plus years. You know, the tech is just getting better. Yeah. You're always still going to be needed. When somebody says, hey, Bear, I need this for my website. I need more, something more of this added. You know, unless the AI is a, a model is trained exactly on that website or a series of websites that are just like it, still going to need that human element. They're still going to need the berries out there. They're still going to need people to do these things. And also the people that want this stuff done they don't do this stuff so it's not like they can just go oh i can just circumvent very and do all this myself one they don't know how they're not a web person that's what you do and two they just don't have the time yeah and what we're seeing is a lot of these people a lot of people and i think because i play with these tools a lot um you're actually using more time than you're saving because you're ah. trying to find figure out what tool is right for me in the beginning that's normal right. but as we progress you, you know, you need to find out what that one thing is or two things, those tools that you want to use, right. because the idea is to save time, not to, <laughs> you know, that's use. interesting because I, I've noticed this happen, uh, has happened since the advent of the personal computer. I came out of college. I didn't use computers in college. I, I got my first job right out of college and I'm, and I saw the writing on the wall. I'm like, I'm taking these manual. We had one little Mac Apple two. And um, that was it. And, and nobody used it because everyone was afraid of it. So I started <laughs> taking the manuals home and reading about it. And I learned this stuff. And what I saw during the, okay, so this is the early 90s to mid 90s. Everyone all of a sudden thought these businesses, they could buy their secretaries, office managers, whatever you want to call them, little Macs, and they could get rid of their marketing departments. And yeah. those that tried to go that route failed miserably and their competition who did things right and did things with quality excelled beyond them. And uh, so I've seen this like websites, uh, web, web uh, designers, the term and everything is commoditized because everybody is told that they could do it so easily now. Online marketing, commoditized, do it yourself. It's so easy. Fact of the matter is these things are full-time jobs. So if you could do your full-time job and do that full-time job, have at it, but you're not going to do it well. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. So we still need we still need the us's out there to yeah. to be able to help yeah. people um and it's just the way it, the way it is there's sam Al sam altman he is the ceo mm. of uh, openai sam said this technological revolution is unstoppable meaning you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube That's folks mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we've seen i think a lot of people have seen what the ai um, what the ui looks like on chat gpt if not um chat.openai.com you can go there and sign up and start playing with it um, you can go to bard.google.com and start playing with it um, right within Google. So there's all kinds I haven't of done that ways yet. to access this. Yeah, it, it, it's nice. The one thing that's really something that just this just this is less than a month old is now you have the ability if you have a premium account on ChatGPT, which is $20 a month, 
which is the best $20 a month you will ever spend, you can create your own GPT, custom GPT, meaning there is an interface where you go right into ChatGPT and you say, okay, I want to create a, let's just say a, a travel planner. And you tell it exactly what you want it to do. And it'll set this GPT up for you. It'll create a logo for you. Um, and it will be there for you to use. You can share it. You can keep it private. And soon you can start um, charging for these through the ChatGPT store, which is coming out soon. So now what Chat, uh, the OpenAI folks are doing is letting people essentially do anything they want on their platform. And they're using this data to get their model better and to get people better at doing this. So let's just say you have a trip. Let's just say make it uh, exclusive to Ohio, since this is where we're at. You've got a GPT. Anybody's coming, they can use it to Ohio and vacation planning, home, you know, really anything that you wanted. You just keep training and putting the different data into your GPT, just like you normally would anything into chat GPT. And your little itty bitty model will continue to learn and continue to get better. Um, and that's all available right now for you um, in GPTs. I can go much deeper in that, but we'll just suffice to say right now, check that part out. Um, you, there's tons of uh, videos and blog posts out there for it that really, really get into the weeds. If you if you want to go there and create your own GPT, if you have an idea, wow. do it because um, it's you know it's fascinating and well for me anyway, and uh, it's pretty cool when you can make that stuff yourself and and people can actually use it. Yeah, that is fascinating. So we know, again, we went through the sales and marketing thing, but, you know, writing custom email subject lines, you know, we've done that. Sales emails, welcome emails, you know, cold emails, anything. And as Barry said, <clears throat> from, from, the, from the start, do not take what comes out of there and not add the, your own human element and actually check to see what it's, what it's saying because yeah, something it. could be wrong. And it yeah. happens quite a bit. So uh, the human element, no way, no how, no fashion, can you get rid of that right now? Um, you know, we talk about content creation, strategy development, and those types of things all can help with ChatGPT. This is my ROI calendar that I was talking to you about. So essentially, if somebody says, okay, this is my initial investment into AOI, that could be taking it, hiring somebody, you know, buying some software, the $20 a month, buying these tools, whatever, uh, whatever your operating cost could be, and then your monthly revenue gain can be, um, with all of that, is what goes into it. You hit the calculate button at the bottom, let's say, okay, your ROI after 12 months is whatever percent. Uh, and it works. And I've tested it and a few people have have used it. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Actually, a company here in Concord just used it um, just last week and they thought it was pretty cool. And it worked. So <laughs> there you go. So there are similar, similar writing solutions, as we call them, or similar chat GPTs, Barry, um, and I've got two slides. So there's Bard from Google, and you can, I guess, put these in the show notes, but it is bard.google.com. You can go there right now. Um, and it's, again, set up a lot like ChatGPT in that, you know, you're having a conversation with it. Um, is there any each advantage? Of these platforms, I'm sorry, um, it's any... free. Okay, okay. And, <laughs> and so it's attached to Google. So mm -hmm. it uses the internet probably, definitely a little bit more than like a ChatGPT does, but it is built on the data that Google has collected all these 25, however many years it's been. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of a difference there when I say about traversing the internet with ChatGPT, um, it does it you know, when they tell it to, where Bard, um, I suspect, is doing it in real time. Okay. Now you have Anthropic, uh, Anthropic's Claude.ai. Claude is great. Now I thought it, it's probably the best for data. Um, again, if you just go to Claude.ai, you can see it. 
Um, their Copilot is actually baked into Microsoft's um, Bing search engine. So if you go to Edge, you know, use their browser, and you can even use Google's browser. It doesn't matter, but just go to Bing, and then Copilot is right there. And if you have a Microsoft personal account, like a Hotmail account or or uh, an Outlook account that's free, you can use this. It's free. Now and the one on have, the lower right. Pardon? Do you have an opinion on uh, Copilot versus say Bard or that? Um, they work, you know, they're, they're pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I used, I use Copilot on Bing almost every day because at oh. work we're a Microsoft shop mm. and it's just easier to go there because my ed, my browser is always open to it. Mm. But what you get with the Copilot in Bing there, that AI companion, that is essentially chat GPT four. It can create images for you. It can do pretty much anything the paid version of chat GPT does, but through, um, you know, through their um search engine wow, so try it out cool. it's pretty cool right. yeah now pie i love pie pie i is love definitely pie too be... apple pie peach pie, <laughs> pie. we're talking uh, pie, pie pi guys pi pi dot ai is great because it it really holds a conversation with you and learns more it always asks you questions about different things you're doing like if you ask it to i don't know come up with a a recipe for a really good Italian um, sauce, marinara or something. It will ask you, you know, do you, do you like oregano flavor more or maybe basil? Do you like a little less garlic? A little? It'll ask you these questions. And it's wow. more conversive than anything, really. It's great. It's pie.ai. It is free as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted. I, I had not heard of this before, but it, it is pi.ai. Correct. Yep. Yeah, not .ai. Pi.ai. Pi. No, .ai. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we also have other writing solutions. Now, some of these are paid, like the Jasper. And Jasper's been around for a long time yeah, as, yeah. as you know, a, a, a platform that people write write on. And it would give suggestions and those kind of things. Well, now AI is baked into this. In, into this. So it's a paid tool, but uh, it does a really, really good job. Perplexity, I believe, yeah, it's free. And it's kind of its own little large language model. Writer. That's another one that is a paid platform, but there might be a free version of that. But up in the upper right, Grok, that is, I think it's how you pronounce it. That is Elon Musk's large language model. And that comes with huh. the um, premium version of Twitter X is what it's called now. And you could use that language model with that. So there's a paid subscription to that. So the point is, there's a lot of different solutions out there to learn to, to write with and use as writing assistants. Mm -hmm. And as we talked earlier, don't get caught up in using every single one. Find one, maybe two that work for you, because the idea of these things is to save you time, not to make more time. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, and, and then I think when businesses say, okay, well, when we're going to invest in this, what do we invest in? Mm. And I would say, start at your tech stack now and go from there. And, um, and I think you'll, 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 you'll come out. Okay. Uh, we talked about prompting Barry and which is the most, one of the most important things. And I'm looking at time. We're probably getting short, maybe on a little bit of time here, but we wanted to talk about prompting because it's the right now, the, the best skill you can learn um, as you're, you know, learning these large language models and seeing what they can do and what they can't do. Uh, essentially, it's just telling the AI what you want it to do. And, you know, you want to add a little element of creativity while you do that. Um, it's using a text format, which you're telling uh, via a prompt, but voice is coming with the um, with the mobile app for ChatGPT. You can use voice and it will respond in voice. Um, anyway, so prompting, I say, will be a sought after skill set. I'm not sure if it's ever going to be a full-time job, but I guess. Yeah, I, I like want to, 
I want to speak to that for one second. I, uh, yeah. on this old marketing with Joe Polizzi and Robert Rose, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Polizzi is the father of the content marketing Institute here in Cleveland and really an incredible guy. He, he, they had a conversation about this. Joe said that he thinks prompting will be like the HTML engineer of the early 2000s or late 90s. Like it would be a big deal for a, a small period of time. And then it will uh, get commoditized right out of existence, basically. Well, I've heard him say that. And I, I would... I would like to know, but he did. He never offered how it was going to be replaced. Mm. Um, you, you're going to have to tell something what you want. It's not going to read your mind on what you want. Ah, uh, but Neuralink, yeah. Neuralink. Well, they just implanted their first Neuralink into a human brain about five days ago. Well, I don't think. I think right now, there's not many people out there that let somebody put something inside of their body. For something like this i just don't think people are there yet <laughs> maybe they it's they'll get there maybe so we're fast. gone yeah. but i just don't think people are there yet for something like that i think uh that's more from a if there's a medical condition or something that's you know helping that person but i just don't think voluntarily somebody's going to put something inside of their head that'll happen so quick I, but I, but for right now paraplegics that can now use artificial limbs perfect. and then people yeah. with alzheimer's it could cure alzheimer's and yeah, um, for families yeah. dealing with those things, hey, all, all for it. But that's where it's going to start. And then after that, for sure, it's going to hit into the business world. Hey, we could speed up your creative thinking by uh, threefold. You know, are, are you going to do it? Or are you going to let your converse, uh, your competition do it first? And then it's going to, uh-huh. you know, five times itself there and then 10 times itself. Oh, yeah, that's coming. We'll see. But I... I would be reluctant to say, I don't think I'll be around for something like that once we get there. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be a few more years, but we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Writing an effective um, prompt, Barry, I wanted to get get this because people are saying, okay, Mark, probably as they're screaming, how do I write a a decent prompt? The basic way, they, they, they call them system statement, user statements, background statements. Essentially what it is, the system statement is that's what comes first. You're telling it to assume a role, be be a lawyer, be a really good writer, be a uh, a CPA. And then from there, you direct what you wanted to do. You say, okay, I'm, you, you are to act as a CPA and I'm starting a new business and I need to know how to set up my book. So you're giving it context with the user statement. And then finally, the background statement, you know, it's optional, but, you know, further guardrails and the performance thing that you wanted to do. And then you give it a task. And then based on what the role the AI is playing, what context that you put in your user statement, and then what the task is. It takes all that information and it gives you your output. Okay, let's um, um, let's slow down on that. Can we back up a minute? I just want to make sure. sure that I get that baked into my head. I get the system statement. Okay, so act as a lawyer. Think from, as if you're my lawyer representing me. Got that. User statement. That's directive for what you want them. Okay. So that's the outcome you're looking for. Like so the task. You're the, yeah. yeah. You're the lawyer and here's what I want you to do. I want you to find me innocent in this case, because uh, my back's up against the wall background statement. I totally didn't get it all. Um, it's optional. This provides further guardrails and refinements. Okay. So it's like, you're my lawyer, please find me innocent. Because uh, in my background, I had I did a couple of bad things. I did I do have some charges in my background. So work. Does that sound like a decent example? Simple example. 
Well, I, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, cause it, you know, you're using all three things, but maybe let, let's just say you're, um, you, we'll just do a travel planning. Um, you know, you're, you are an expert travel planner. People seek your help around the world. I always embellish the role. I always tell them how great they are that, you know, they're some of the top in the world kind of a thing, Wh whatever you want to do to really, really embellish and tell them what, how good they are at that role. So they mm -hmm. get the idea. And then you tell them, okay, I would like to plan a trip to Cleveland, Ohio, um, essentially a seven-day trip. And then in the background statement would be, okay, I, I want to see, you know, places like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I don't want to go to the art museum or I don't want to go see the orchestra, mm -hmm. but I do want to see restaurant. So you're really in the background statement, providing refining. more context, what you want and what you don't want out of the output. Yeah, you're refining at that point. I got yep. you. Okay, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Let's move on. For sure. So as a, a quick one, we can just say, here's a system statement that you're to act as an expert social media marketer. You have expertise in YouTube marketing, Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing. You specialize in the creation of a well-crafted social media post that gets huge results and your expertise is known worldwide. Good statement. You've set up the AI for that. Then as a user statement, you'll tell, okay, your first task will be to create a content calendar that will detail an organization, social media posts for a month. Got it. Then you would say, the format of these posts will be to provide value information and compel the reader to learn more, blah, 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 blah. And what I always do with the AI, when I set up these different areas, I say, um, do you understand? Please answer just yes or no. And the reason I do that, because if you'll ask if it understands or when you hit that enter key, it'll just start writing. And it's not what you, and it's not necessarily what you really want. And you have to stop it generating the thing and you kind of have to go over uh, and start over. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm always really conversing with it. And then a lot of times I'll ask it, okay, this is what I want it to do. But in order to get what I really want out of this, ask me questions that you think you need to know more of to provide a better output. And it okay. will, it'll ask That's you next level right there. That's cool. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good tip right there. It's so uh, you, and tell it, 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 you tell it to ask you questions to help you refine. Okay. Yep. Very and challenges or, or you could say hey i'm starting a business or you know you can you can we can go back to the cpa thing tell me what i need to do as far as a book thing and all this but you know what are some of the what are some of the drawbacks i need to look for the warning signs what could happen or those types of things and it will tell you you know ask me some questions about what my business is how i want you know what what i want the cpa to do for me just whatever it would be it will ask you these questions back and then once you provide those answers it'll give you know it'll get the output gets better for sure. You know, I was just thinking this should put your average everyday CPA kind of out of business. Like, shouldn't you just be able to let this thing have access to your QuickBooks account and say, generate my tax forms for me for this year? Well, I think QuickBooks already has that ability. Wow. They have an AI capability too. And most of them all do, but you're still going to need somebody to check that stuff. You're still going to need that human expertise, the somebody that's been doing it for years and years and years, and that's all they know. I just um, want so, a human being's signature on the bottom line. You know, <laughs> well, so when, you know, if anything ever, I get called out on something, someone else's name is on there. That's a professional. I'm right, serious. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, any knowledge worker, 
Um, people like lawyers, geez, Louise. I mean, I could go on about the pricing model for lawyers and CPAs. The hourly, hourly pricing model is going to go out the window mm. because what would normally take, let's say you're an attorney and, and, or you're a firm and somebody comes in and needs a brief done for whatever subject. Well, they've got the paralegals to do all this research. They, you know, sift through everything. They take out stuff, they add stuff, they get rid of, I mean, it's a big process, maybe sometime a two or three week process. And this law firm charges, let's say 20 some thousand dollars for it. And they bill it out as billable hours because mm -hmm. the paralegals get paid so much. The attorneys that review the stuff get paid so much. Da, 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 da. Well, now that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Now you can do something with your staff, the paralegals and other attorneys in no time at all, like a day. And what are you going to say to somebody Oh, that's $24,000 for one day's work. Uh -huh, so right. the pricing model for hourly in, hourly work is, is going to some, it's going to go away. Uh, it's going to, something has to replace that. And it's any knowledge work that charges that. And going back to the occupations, yes, lawyers and everything else, it, it knows this stuff, but again, it doesn't know it to where you can just print it out, hand it to somebody and everything is good. No, that human element needs to be there. It hallucinates a lot and those things have to be checked for sure. But to your point, I mean, this is rapidly going to change our society because- the, the, And we're not ready for it. Exactly. I mean, it's going to, it's probably going to crash our economy worse than it is right now, just because- oh, of, I, I, I hope not of that. I hope- Yeah, I well, hope it, I do too. I hope it, but, gets, it gets better since we get more productive. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I mean, that's been the promise about the personal computer for all these years, the last 30 years, how we're going to have so much more free time because it's going to free up all of this. And all we do is work harder is basically what has happened. <laughs> well, you take on more work, people, because you've yes. got the computer. If you didn't yes. have the computer, you couldn't do it. But yeah, no, there's something to be said about that. And that's why I said it a little bit ago, you know, don't use every one of these tools. Find one or two. Yeah. Again, your existing tech stack probably is enough right now for you to get started mm -hmm. um, and just learn it from, from that way. So, good, good. And, and on the screen really quick, just a little more of a user statement, Barry. In this case, write three posts for this. Use hashtags, da, 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 da. And again, adding a little more context to the prompt. Okay. So the AI integrations in daily work, I'll, 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 uh, I created that picture to the right and that I had That is an it, awesome picture. And tell, I had it do it in the style of Picasso. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask that. And that, the yeah. And that's what the image came out. Wow, I thought it came out a, pretty well. Yeah. It's a great picture. Yeah. And I think the prompt was show me a, you know, a young girl, uh, working on a, computer intently looking at her screen something like that and in the style of picasso and that's what it came out with wow, it did pretty good dude pretty good oh first of all always got to count the fingers uh because right. they very often have five fingers and one thumb uh, yeah. i've been working with that too for um for a, a job in particular and it's uh it has a hard time with fingers and text has a hard time with text too how do you um, if you're going to add text to an image, tell oh. it not to add text and then do oh. that in Photoshop or some oh. other cool. uh, some other tool. So I've had to do that before. But yeah, that, it's funny. Fingers are something, you know, also medical instruments as well, like stethoscopes. Um, in my job at Philips, I actually was trying to get a clinician to make a clinician and they were really good. But the stethoscopes that they had around their neck look like. I didn't even know they looked like they were changing oil or something in a car. It didn't, it didn't remind me of a, a medical stethoscope. So they have with certain things, it has trouble with fingers, text, those types of things. So yeah, again, I, that's another thing. These image generators. Can I think it's uh, the, a dimensional thing. 
because your fingers, when you do different things with your fingers, they're uh, crossing over and creating, I, I heard something like a knot in a rope crosses over sense. outside of the, our three dimensions uh, yeah, with height and uh, whatever the other one is. So we talked about Copilot. We talked about Duet for AI. Whatever you use, uh, the Microsoft products or Google products, um, check them out. Um, everything is available. Very, very affordable. And um, there's tons and tons of educational materials out there from the manu from the um, uh, manufacturers themselves um, that they can really guide you on using these tools right out of the gate. Um, so we're we, these text to image generators that Barry and I were talking about. Essentially, you've got Mid Journey, you've got uh, Adobe Firefly, you've got Stable Diffusion, and a few others um, that you could take a prompt and enter it into any one of these. It'll give you what you're asking for. But believe me, they're all entirely different because the models just have different ways of making these. And not only that, you can feed the same prompt to one of these image models and it won't, and the image will be different every single time. And with these image models, image uh, generators, you know, there's a lot of refinement to these. You want it in a cinematic kind of style, or you want it in a real world style, or you want it in 3D, or you want it in the style of a Pixar movie or cartoon or anything it, it will do all these things for you and we'll, we'll, we'll show you here in just a second with this right here so i had a i'm not going to read the prompt to you you can read it if you can see it but essentially i i'm a foodie as we are uh -huh. and i love i love a really good grilled chicken sandwich me for whatever too reason. that looks so good and i'm really hungry i gotta tell you <laughs> so i had mid journey this was actually i did this last summer and now all these image generators have gotten better so i actually produced this this morning and that is the best one i've seen wow and that that looks pretty real now yeah. i guess if you get in in there you'll see some things that maybe just look funny but i mean if you're looking at that you go yeah that that looks delicious hmm. now if you take that same prompt and you go to dali which is open ai's interest who makes chat right. their image generator this is what it came up doesn't with. look as good it doesn't and i don't know what these things are like in the middle they look like french fries and i'm not sure what it looks like anyway and then this is Adobe Firefly, where I think it just doesn't look really that good at all. Not advertising, um, no. And and with some of these, especially Adobe Firefly, if you look in the prompt, I say, imagine sinking your teeth into a perfectly smoked chicken sandwich smothered in blah, blah, blah. Well, so, Adobe, the Firefly, you, it, you just need to tell it what you want. You can't give it context like this. And you'll learn this with the different... Um, image generators that sometimes the exact same prompt on one won't work for the other or doesn't work as well. And you just kind of have to work your way through those types of things. Mm. So AI solutions for business, we talked about it, content creation, strategy development, social media campaigns, um, you know, anything you could think of in, in, in as far as those topics go, all of this AI can help you with those types of things. Um, and I think most people start with the writing. That's where we all started, right? Oh, sure. Write me something sure. that does this or kind of a thing. And that's a great place to start. But, you know, um, great advantages right off the rip. And again, don't forget, do not copy and paste right out of any right. of these tools without first reviewing and, and really giving it the good once over. I like Personal branding. It's so I like the strategy development part. I, I, mm. A lot of times, I mean, I think it's kind of like um, the painter that is, uh, you, you got to get over the blank canvas thing. So you got to throw something up right. there. I think strategy development is just that. It gives you a framework to work with and you could tweak from there and then start going. I, I like and that a lot. What I like about it too is 
it tells you things that you just don't think of. Oh, yeah, gosh, I, how did I not think of that, right? Yeah, you know, for sure. So yeah. it, it, it's really, really, really great at that. Um, personal branding, if you're a, you know, a, a solopreneur, um, great for your personal branding um, from creating that brand with, you know, text and articles and blog posts and stylists and those types of things. Uh, it's great for that. Uh, I will say this. Logos, though, I'm not impressed with. This is why we need the Barry Edwards of the yeah, world, because Barry creates some excellent logos. Thank you. There, these things aren't there yet. They're just not there yet. I, I, I could show you a couple, but just trust me on this one. I just don't think the logo generators are all that well, in a bag of chips. Well, there's also, then you have to play art director. So you have to yeah. know when it's a good logo, you know? And so and, there's that. Yeah, what might look good to me might look horrid to everybody. And uh, right. somebody like you with a trained eye that's been doing this for all these years, and a guy that's developed logos for me for other businesses right. I've been associated with, they you, nothing could come close to what you I know, love an artist. Logos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, customer support and engagement—that <clears throat> is huge. Really quick, I did want to talk about the personalized experience, and not just when somebody calls and complains or writes something in an email or whatever. What what I'm talking about as far as customer support and engagement, if you've got a customer and a business and you know they've got a line of, you know, they've been doing business with you for five, 10 years, whatever it is, you can take that data, what they've purchased, when they purchased it, and feed it into the AI and being, and then the AI ask it for suggestions and recommendations. And based on their history, um, buying history, what they bought, it could suggest other products on a more personal basis and write you that email or write you that note that says, hey, Barry, you know, over the past, da, 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 you've done this and you've appreciated the business. We think that X, these products or these services are right up your alley based on your past um, buying history. And when you start delivering personal experiences like that to customers and being able to do it seamlessly, mm -hmm. where manually that would take a few hours to kind of put something like that together and it's just not possible, which is why a lot of people just have the one message and hope it gets out there with customer support and engagement and personalizes these experiences and the buying experience. It's, it's huge. And um, that's again, one of one of great advantages for, for using AI and being able to do this at scale is, is fantastic. Okay. I've got a live exercise, Barry, if you, if we have time to quickly show folks yeah. the, this stuff in I action. Wanna, yeah, I do. I definitely want to, I want to ask you something too. Like sure. the last slide and all that. Did you cover all of this in your presentation last week? Yes. Okay. And so what kind of, uh, what was the audience like uh, demographically? CEOs kind of? Uh, no, well, there was some, um, so it was a, uh, just to give context to the folks, um, it was a manufacturing nonprofit here in Northeast Ohio who they help uh, local manufacturers, uh, some on a smaller scale, some on a medium scale. Um, th what they do is they, they train new people because these trades are the, the, the average age is close to 60 of the people that are still doing this stuff. And there's nobody coming up. We've heard for years and years, go to college or you can't get a job or you mm -hmm. can't do anything about college, this and college that. And let's just face it. College just isn't for everybody. And a lot of times these kids just don't know what to do. And if they're mechanically inclined, or if this is something that they're interested in, they can come out of high school um, with training from the uh, AWT where I was I was working with, um, and they can make $50,000 a year in a machine shop. So mm -hmm. the audience were these local manufacturers. There was actually a French company there that's a really big company, but they have a 
a small presence here in Northeast Ohio. They were there. Production manager was there. Um, one of the, the people that actually writes the CNC programs that design their tools that they create was there. Um, and you had people that were on the admin side. You had people that were um, at, you know, president that kind of oversaw this stuff. So the audience was, there was about 20 people there. So it was pretty diverse, but the audience was manufacturing. And uh, Okay. I, I wanted cool. to understand the kind of minds that you're working with there. And then I, I want to ask you just briefly, what was the reception, like the feel of it? Did you feel like you're talking over their heads or were they with you? And what were the kind of questions you got? Um, that's actually, that's actually a great question. <laughs> and I thought I could get through this entire thing without saying, Hey, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> as you're, as you're presenting and you look a lot of times, yeah. I'm not seeing deer in the headlight looks, I'm seeing interested looks, but still with a lot of curiosity. So mm -hmm. I encourage people to interrupt me when I'm speaking and mm -hmm. say, if you've got a question, I'd, instead of saving it to the end, I, you know, you want to ask that question now. So we had a lot of people that asked questions during the presentation. So it sounded like they were engaged. And then sure. the other side of that is people that I spoke with briefly and, you know, saw the presentation and left. I've had them contact me nice. and say, I know we didn't get a chance to talk, but I got the thinking after seeing all these things and what it could do. Can you come in and help us maybe talk to our folks and maybe do some education, those types of things. So the reaction was mixed, but it was all very positive. I happy to say, and that's kind of what we're going for. <laughs> well, I, I like that. I, I just wanted to see where the our common people are are engaging with this, what level they're at. I also want to give you a plug here that at the end of the day, you're not doing that out of simply the kindness of your heart. You are looking to get in and consult with companies. So yeah. if this is yeah, a good. A and so um, I, I want to mention just briefly, we're going to go on here too, but I don't want to forget marktenant.net. That's where you can get hold of Mark and it's T-E-N-N-A-N-T.net. Thank you, bud. Okay. Thank yeah, you. let's move along, bud. Okay, real quick. So let's um, uh, let's do a quick business example here. Okay, so let's do something really quick. So locally here in Northeast Ohio, there's a a, a company that manufactures greenhouses for home use, and I thought I would use them as an example because a lot of people garden, a lot of people at least know about it. Summer's coming. I don't know. It seemed like a good topic. So essentially what I did was, and I'm going to put my glasses on here. I wrote a prompt setting things up for the AI and I'm telling it. And we're telling it as a new prompt that, you know, you were to act as a business advisor to a manufacturing company. You know, I tell them your, your knowledge is vast and wide and da da da. You can read the prompt. You know, you have a new client that is a greenhouse manufacturer, but needs a little help with their marketing. Can you help please answer just yes or no. And so it reads that and it says, yep, I can help. Again, it just, it, you're, you're getting, you're telling it, okay, it's understanding what, what you want it to do. Now, um, then I tell it, so this website, this is actually a real company. Um, we'll just call them ABC Greenhouse Manufacturers. But essentially on their website, they have 20 tips about, and this is, you know, content uh, about how to use a greenhouse um, in a home setting. So what I did is I took these 20 tips, went back to ChatGPT as part of this conversation. And I said, essentially, great. This client already has created 20 posts on greenhouse tips. Here are the titles of each of these tips. And it goes down and, and you know, it, it, it sees all this. And then once it sees that, 
I said, understand so far, answer just yes or no. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say this about Macs. I like I like Windows better and getting to Windows than I do in Macs, but that's another subject. Okay, please answer just yes or no, and it will come back and say, yep, absolutely, I understand what you're saying. So now this is where I tell it what to do. So I say, write 20 social media posts for Facebook, one post for each tip. And it comes back, and then here it goes. Whoa. Now, what's really cool with it, a lot of times, see, it adds little emojis. And it just uh -huh. does that on its own. Wow. Um, and it adds hashtags. Um, you know, and this is where, Barry, you were talking about it puts something down on the canvas for you, mm -hmm. on the piece of paper, on your screen. It gives you something to look at and go, yeah, I could work with this. Yeah, this is giving me um, a lot that you want. I love the, it does the hashtags. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the, I, I, what I would do in something like this and a lot of things, I, I would kind of mix and match. Sometimes I would ask it the same question again and have it come up with different things and then combine pieces of answers, you know, together to, you know, to maybe make a better social media post. Maybe you just don't like it out of the gate. But again, this is also giving you pretty decent ideas on something that you, you know, that, that you want. So this is all pretty cool. And I've got one more thing after this, as you can see everything else. And by the way, if this this has made me this exercise, want to go out and get one of these things because it sounds uh -huh. like it'd be fantastically oh, yeah. fun. Being yeah. able to grow food in the wintertime, like fresh tomatoes would just be awesome here. I'm right there with you. I sent uh, Lisa a picture. They at Costco. They had this gorgeous greenhouse made of wood and glass. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. $1,500. $1,500. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you got the room uh, out there in Geneva. Oh, well, you're, okay. Let's... Well, yeah, Geneva or, or Concord. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to show you one more task that I gave it, which is the pretty cool part. So I said, okay, now create one image for each post that represents that particular tip. Wow. And I wasn't sure how this was going to work. Yeah. So let's see what happens. It might might tell me I don't create pictures. Oh, there it is. It's creating an image. Oh, wow. when it if when it get, throws you that error, it says I don't know how to create images. It's uh it's pretty quick. But here it looks like it's generating the image, and this is all based on it's reading all of those tips, and uh -huh. it's going to create an image for every one of those tips. Now they might not be great, but they're a little cool. See like this. That's, That's cool. You know, whatever. That's, That's cool. Really cool. <laughs> and it will do that and we won't sit and watch it do all 20 or anything sure. like that we'll watch him do a couple here but um yeah so this is the capability of these tools and you're only limited to by your own imagination and uh you know and here this is actually oh great the difference between a glass and a pop uh, we'll yeah, it's, it's, it's polycarbonate how but it long didn't see would it take spelling. some that's an illustration how it's, it's an infographic how long mm -hmm. would that have taken me to do a couple years ago you know? Well, there's a lot of text involved in it. I wouldn't have it add so much text because it's sure. just not great. Now, something like this is pretty cool. Now, look, it says on this side of the, uh, it says roof. <laughs> well, that's obviously not the roof. Oh, that's so, funny. That's funny. You know, and it's got the sun. It's got the idea that the sun permeates throughout the uh, throughout mm -hmm. the greenhouse and helps mm -hmm. the plants stay nice and green and healthy. I like that. And then there's a jet that's, I don't know what it's doing. So, like I say, play with these things. It's, uh, it's a, not, not only is it... Uh, interesting it's a lot of fun as well mm -hmm. a lot of fun it is um, time consuming though you go down the rabbit holes it gets really time consuming 
<laughs> which I guess from the very beginning, we said, hey, these things are supposed to save you time, exactly. not add time, but right. they are fun to play with. They yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. All right, buddy. What else we got? Uh, because I really do have to wrap up here very shortly. Yep. No, no problem. That was pretty much all I wanted to. Nice. I Look at that one. Look at that image. Holy crap. I did do something with the travel. Uh, and I, what I could do is I can run this. And maybe if you want to put it in the show notes, you can. But I essentially uh, set up a thing. I wanted to travel from, um, uh, I think, Bismarck, South Dakota to Cleveland, Ohio on a 14-day driving trip. Two stops on the in on the way and two stops on the way back, and then what to do in Cleveland. And it really, to your point, with Asheville, North Carolina, mm -hmm. um, it, it gave me restaurants. It gave me places yeah. to go. Yeah. I said I wanted it to go Ohio wine country. It it listed wineries that I actually visit um, within this thing. So it's uh, you know there, there's nothing it can't help you with. And I will leave you with that. And also, uh, there's no business or industry that in some way, shape, or form that cannot benefit from AI. I totally agree with you. Um, use it responsibly. Uh, with that, I, I want to tell you guys, please go to over50studyingover.com and sign up to our email list. Get all this dropped in your email box as it happens. Check us out on YouTube at Over 50 Studying Over. Uh, this is one of those cases where you got to see it to believe it. Mark, we can catch you at marktenant.net. And I'm going to put yep. that in the show notes. Anything else that you want to share? All right. Questions. Um, you know, mark at marktenant.net is my email address. If you got any questions at all, you know, let me know. Happy to answer them. Happy to talk. Um, I, I can talk about this stuff all day, as you can see. I know. And, uh, really and I love it. Thanks for having me, buddy. Oh, I absolutely will have you again. Uh, let's, you know, keep us abreast of things. Once again, I learned a ton that I can't wait to put to work. All right, guys. Great. Thanks a bunch. I will edit up the intro at the beginning of it. I promise you. All right. Okay. Have, have a good weekend. You too.